Hey, well, welcome everybody. So glad you are with us for part three. This is the conclusion of the series that we're calling Frequency. And as always, I love looking into the camera and giving a big shout out to everybody who's joining with us right now online, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, or online campus, and a huge shout out to our East Campus. We love you guys. We're so grateful that you're along for the journey this morning. Uh, before we dive into the conclusion of the series Frequency, um, we've kind of just coincided this series with our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, so today is day number 15, and I have been amazed uh, at the hundreds of you who are joining us each and every day who are taking 21 minutes out of your time, your life, just like disconnect from the world and to connect to God. And it's been amazing. And you're not too late. I know day 15, and maybe this is your first time you've been to church um, since the beginning of the year. And you're like, oh my goodness, I completely forgot. Um, listen, just join today. Like start today. Just do a seven days of prayer and fasting. And you can go on our website, which is onelifeaz.church slash 21 days. And all the resources, everything that we have, is, it's for you there. Um, a, a prayer booklet. Um, a place where you can put prayer requests in, um, a link to our YouTube channel so you can follow um, every morning with our 21-minute devotionals. And that just reminds me, um, at 6 a.m., they go live. Um, but because it's on YouTube or Facebook, if 6 a.m. doesn't work for you, you can literally join at any time throughout the day. And all we're asking is 21 minutes for 21 days, disconnect from the world to connect with God. And what's what I really believe is that... If hundreds of us do this, we're just not going to make a big impact and difference in our church, but an incredible thing is going to happen in your, in your life. Um, and that's what this series, that's what 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting is all about. And I'm so proud um, of you joining with us each day. Before we um, dive into this series, let me just remind you that next Sunday, um, I'm beginning a brand new sermon series called It's Complicated. Um, this is our annual um, relationship series. Um, and relationships are complicated, but the tagline says, um, but it doesn't have to be. And we're going to look at what the Bible says about dating, marriage, sex, divorce, all of those things we're going to try to cover in this series. Um, but the next two weeks, so starting next Sunday, um, I'm going to talk um, about some big cultural things that are happening um, specifically when it comes to human sexuality, transgender, those types of, of things. Um, lots of grace, um, but we're going to look at what the Bible says about those things. And I, and I want you to join us. I want you to invite a friend, bring somebody with you, um, because there are lots of discussion around these um, hot topics, if you will. Um, and I just think it's important for us just to go to the Bible. What does the Bible have to say about these certain things? Um, it'll be age appropriate. You can bring your teenagers in with you. You don't have to worry about that. Um, but I'd like to give you a heads up because I oftentimes when we dive into some of these issues around um, th these types of things, people always say, Pastor, do we really need to talk about this? Does the church really have to preach a sermon around these issues? And, and the answer is, yeah, we do. Um, if we're not going to disciple our people, the, the world's gonna try to. Um, and we have the hope of the world. Um, and we have a guidebook that leads us. And we're gonna open that together and we're gonna discover what does the Bible have to say about these things. This is a five-week series. 
I hope that you'll join us for each and every one in the room or, or at least um, connecting with us online. All right, um, if you haven't already, get those sermon notes out. Let's finish up the series, Frequency, Cutting Through the Noise. And this has been our theme verse. Um, it's found in John chapter 10. These are the words of Jesus. And when Jesus would teach, he would often use metaphors and uh, language, describe himself, describe the, the listeners. And oftentimes he would consider himself the shepherd and we're the sheep. And in John chapter 10, Jesus says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. What we've discovered is that we have a speaking God. Um, the problem is, is we have a hearing, we have a listening problem. God is speaking to us. And that's what we've discovered. And he calls his own sheep by name. We talked a little bit about that last week. I love that so much because God isn't just speaking to the masses. No, God is individually speaking, speaking to you. He calls his own sheep by name, leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Well, why do they follow him? Well, it's because they know and recognize his voice. Jesus continues, they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice or the way we've talked about it is they'll never recognize all the other distracting voices, the competing voices. We're so locked in. We're so tuned into the voice of our shepherd, the voice of God, that we don't follow the voices that try to compete for our attention. So week one, we talked about, and that was a foundational message. It was preparing the heart, having the right soil, if you will, to even hear God speak to us. And if you missed that message, go online, YouTube. I think you would, um, it, it is foundational. You, you need to watch it. L last week, we talked about the most prominent way in which God speaks to us. We talked about the whispers of God. Um, I do wanna thank Mark Batterson for his book, Whispers, Hearing the Voice of God. A lot of this sermon series has come from that resource. And there's also one resource, if you just wanna like go one step further um, in this study of hearing God's voice, um, Robert Morris wrote a book called Frequency. Um, we kind of stole the title um, from him. Uh, Frequency, um, Hearing God's Voice, two amazing resources just to kind of take it one step further. But week one, we talked about the, the ground, having the right heart. Last week, we talked about hearing the whispers of God. And now today, I'm gonna try to make this as practical as I can. And I wanna give you the filter, the, the litmus test to know if it's God's voice that I'm hearing or is it, is it something else? Is it just another feeling? Is it another um, inclination? Like how do I distinguish if this is the voice of God or something else that's going on, that's going on in my life? Um, John, in 1 John chapter four, he actually tells us this. He goes, dear friends, dear followers of Jesus, do not believe every spirit. Now that's, that's important. So we have the Holy Spirit of God, he's speaking to us, but at the same time, we have these competing voices, other spirits that are, are just as loud oftentimes. Don't, don't believe every spirit. Here's the key, but test. So there, there needs to be a filter, a, uh, something that you can distinguish between the Holy Spirit and the competing voices, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God or not. 
And I was a pastor back in Indiana. I had a man schedule an appointment, came into the office, and he said, Pastor, uh, I think I've heard from God on this. Uh, just, it's kind of solidified in my life. Um, but God's telling me to, to leave my wife of 20 years and, and go off with this young girl in, in my office. Yeah, I know. And, and I, I looked at him and I said, well, well brother, you have missed God's voice on this one. There, God is not telling you to do that. He goes, but, but I have this feeling. It's a good feeling. I'm like, I have no doubt that you have a feeling. Well, I have this, like, this settlement. Like, I, I, just, I have no doubt that you're feeling these things and, and, and you're, you're sensing these things and there's, it's bringing you happiness. But th- this is why John tells us, just because it feels good, just because you think that's, you have to test it. We say this a lot around One Life Church, but feelings, if you allow your life to be led by your feelings, like it will lead to destruction because feelings are a terrible leader and they make horrible choices. As people of faith, as people of principle, um, decisions lead and feelings, feelings follow. In fact, Proverbs, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he says, there is a way that appears to be right. Like we think it's right. This has got to be God. Like, doesn't God just want me happy? Uh, there, there's no place in scripture, there's no verse that says God wants you to be happy. You, you know what you hear over and over again? God wants you holy. And, and, and once you live a holy life, that's where true happiness comes from. But if you just follow, I think this is what making me happy. God just wants me happy. That makes me happy. If that's how you follow, like in the end, you know, you know what kind of lifestyle that brings? It, it ends and it leads to certain, to certain death. Certain death. So here, here's, here's my goal today. Because there's competing voices and we know that God is speaking to us. We just have a hearing problem. That when we sense that God might be speaking to us, we need to put it through a filter to know if this is the voice of God or, or not. So I'm gonna give you four steps today, four filters. Now, you need all four of these. You can't just have one. All four of these play, play together. I need you to take some notes. So get those sermon notes out, follow along. It's gonna be really helpful. You need all, all four of these. Number one, in my opinion, is the most important, but you need all four. So here's the first one, write it in your notes. The first filter is if this is God's voice or not, um, the question is, does it line up with, with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? Let me, let me say it this way. God will never tell you something right now that would contradict the word of God. Like, like ever. He would, he would never do that. In fact, I'm, I'm, gonna give you, I'm gonna give you an example. Now, this is an example that's found in scripture. A lot of people pick on it. I'm not trying to pick on this issue. Uh, I'll come back and circle around with this. Uh, but Jesus is talking in Matthew chapter 19, or Jesus is in his ministry, and the Pharisees come to him and they try to test Jesus about, about an issue, a hot button issue. Some Pharisees came to him, tested him. They said, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason. So we're gonna talk about divorce for just, for just a moment. And when the Pharisees asked Jesus this question, Jesus didn't even answer their question. The, the only thing that Jesus says is, well, haven't you read? 
And Jesus immediately just quotes from the book of Genesis and says, hey, the two will become one. They'll, they'll leave mom and dad, they'll become one. And what God has put together, let, let no one separate. Jesus is saying, I, I don't even have an opinion on this issue because the Bible has already spoken about it. You know, as, as a pastor, I get lots of questions from people. Uh, and a lot of the questions are, hey, what's your opinion on this? And they'll, they'll ask the question. A lot of hot button things. What, what, do, what do you think about what's really going on with, with this? Nine times out of 10, my, my response is just taken from the playbook of Jesus. And I'll just say, hey, I, I don't really have an opinion on that because the Bible is really clear. So whether I like it or not, whether I think it's culturally accepted or not, I, I don't really have an opinion on it because the Bible has already spoken about this this issue. God will not speak to us to contradict his word. So we don't have, it doesn't matter if we like it. it. doesn't matter if we feel it. It doesn't matter if 30 years ago we called it a sin and today we don't. Like the Bible is the word of God. It is our ultimate authority. Here at One Life Church, we stand on the Bible. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, the Bible stands alone as our authority. And we just say, well, not my opinion, but haven't you read? it's written, it's written, it's written. Now, I know this talks about divorce and, and let, me just, let me just say something real quick that maybe you're in the room today and, and you've, gone through, you've gone through a divorce and me even bringing this up just like fires some things inside of you. And, and listen, um, I think divorce has been unfairly picked on in the church. Um, God does not hate divorced people. He hates divorce, um, and he hates anything that hurts us and causes us pain. But, but listen to me today, whether you've gone through a divorce, going through a divorce, God can redeem that. And he's not done with you. And he has a great plan, great plan for your life. And that's true for all of us, no matter what we've gone through. So I, I know that kind of fires some things up inside of us, but please know, Jesus is just going back and saying, I, I don't even have an opinion. This, this is what the Bible says about, about this issue. In fact, Jesus even says this, in Luke 21, and though all of heaven and earth shall pass away, like the word of God, it will remain for forever. It'll remain forever. Does it line up with the Bible? That's a clear way to know if that's the voice of God you're hearing. Now, let me just say one more thing, because there's some people who can find a Bible verse that will prove their point on anything. They, they will find the most obscure passages of scripture. They, they will rip verses out of context to say, see, the Bible says, the Bible says this, and to prove, to prove their point. Now you gotta be really, really careful with, with that. Um, here at One Life Church, even though most of the time I am a topical preacher, we preach through series, um, we have a thing here called like the whole counsel of God. So we don't take verses out of scripture. We go back to what was the original intent of the author and we bring application to it today. It's the whole counsel of God. Um, several times a year, like two or three times, uh, we will preach verse by verse, chapter by chapter through a book of the Bible. In fact, after our relationship series, it's complicated. Um, I'm preaching through um, the Sermon on the Mount, like a 13-week series, verse by verse on the famous message 
of, of Jesus. It's gonna be, I, I can't wait. I think it's gonna be, gonna be amazing. Most of the time we're topical, but through the lens of our systematic theology. Like, what do we believe? What has the Bible always said about certain things? We don't take verses out of context. We allow the word of God to be the word of God and we submit ourselves, we submit ourselves to it. In fact, Satan, when he tempted Jesus in Matthew chapter four and Luke chapter four, he, he would go to, go to Jesus, who which I think is hilarious. Jesus is the word of God. He, he literally is the word of God. And he's tempting Jesus with, with the Bible, with Old Testament passages. Saying, well, haven't you heard? Three times he tempts Jesus with the word of God. Haven't you heard? And then every time in the temptation of Jesus, Jesus comes back and says, it's written, it's written, it's written. I don't have an opinion on that. The Bible has already settled it for me. This is such a healthy place to live. This is why I think it's the most important. The, the voice of God, the word of God for your life will never contradict the Holy Bible. That's filter number one. I think that's the most important. You need all four. Here's, here's number two, write it in your notes to know if this is the voice of God or not. It's as simple as will it make me more like Christ? So this feeling that I have, this prompting of the spirit, Will it make me more like Jesus or, or not? And that's just a really great question that all of us should be asking all the time anyway. Will it make me more like, more like Jesus? Which by the way, this is the goal for all of us after, after salvation. Now we come to faith in Jesus. Like, so we meet Jesus, we fall in love with Jesus, we surrender our life to Jesus, and then we're changed to become more like Jesus. That's after salvation. And that's, that's good news for some of you because you don't need to get your act together. You don't need to come in here and act a certain way. No, no, like all of those things come after salvation. Like once God has your heart, he begins to talk to you about those things in, in your life, which is why we have the tagline here that everyone is welcome and anything is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians calls it, once you come to faith in Jesus, Paul says, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that's kind of confusing. And I'm gonna give you a churchy word right now. And I don't give you these words a lot, but I think it's important for you to know. And you might hear it from time to time. But the theological concept around this is the idea of regeneration. Regeneration, that once we come to faith in Jesus, and we surrender our life to him, the more we know about God, the more we become like him. The more we know, the more our attitudes change, the more our behaviors change, our, our anger, our, our, our relationships, the way in which we handle our money. The more we spend time with God, the more, the more we become like him. That's, that's the regeneration. And that's from the inside out, not the outside not the outside in, which by the way, that's the goal for every single person here at One Life Church. So whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or you're brand new to faith, wherever you fall in the middle of that, all of us are on a journey to become more like Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. And, and, and the way we play that out here at One Life is through two, two ways. Number one, it's our growth track, our growth track. It's where we help you know God, find a friend, discover your purpose so you can make a difference. The goal of our growth track is not just to have you become a member of our church and to get on a serve team, and which by the way, we hope you do that. 
The real goal of our growth track is that you would discover the purpose that God has put on your life and you would understand your spiritual gifts and your personality and all of those things. Why? So you can make a difference because you're never more like Jesus than when you give and when you serve the needs of other people. We hope you go through the growth track not to do stuff for us so that you can become more like Jesus. And the second thing that we've created here is our life groups. In fact, two weeks, are, we're launching our spring semester. It's a 13-week semester. We have three semesters around here. There's a starting time and there's an ending time. And we have groups for all walks of life. If you're married, we have groups for you. If you're single, we have groups for you. If you're a young adult, we have groups. If you love to hike, we have groups. If you love um, food, we have groups for that. We have literally groups for all walks of, of life. Why? These groups help you become more like, more like Jesus. You have friends, you're known, cared for, held accountable, encouraged to become more like, more like Jesus, which is why Paul says in Philippians, this is the goal for every Christian. This isn't a suggestion, this is a command. In your lives, you must, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. And some of you will read that and you'll be like, okay, so confused. Like I'm brand new to this whole thing, Pastor Jared. Um, like, what does that even look like? Is, is there a filter for the filter? And there is. James, the half-brother of Jesus, which by the way, the book of James in your New Testament is the most practical book. Um, it's like the modern day Proverbs talks about, um, you know, how to speak correctly. It talks about racism. It has all of these topics are covered in the book of James. And in James chapter three, he gets up and he says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven. So this word that you're hearing, God speaking to you, the wisdom that comes from heaven, here's the filter. First of all, is it pure? So again, is it gonna make me more like Jesus or not? That's a great question. Um, is it peace loving? Be, before I send that tweet, before I send that email, before I engage with my spouse, um, is it peace loving? Which by the way, I think if you put it through that filter, that probably ends about 80% of the discussion right now. Should I say it? Yeah, but I'm, but I'm right. Yeah, are you trying to make a point? Or are you trying to make a difference? Is it, is it peace-loving? Okay, there, there's, there's a lot of us in the room that need, that need to mature in that area. Is it peace-loving? Is it considerate? Is it submissive? This, again, this is the filter. Is it full of mercy? Is it good fruit, impartial and sincere? Why? Because peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. We can just take a moment and say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us this list. You've left no doubt for us to know the decision that I'm about to make. If I follow through with this feeling, will it make me more like Jesus or, or won't it? Which, which is why when you walked in the room a few weeks ago, and we still have some available, these pray first bracelets, they're, they're not just to have on your wrist and a cool little thing. Honestly, my prayer is that before you retweet, before you walk into a meeting, before you do anything, that you would bring Jesus into the conversation. And he would speak to you. And you would know, is this making me more like Jesus or, or not? It's, it's a great filter. Again, you, you need all four. The Bible, Jesus, and here's, here's the third thing. Write this in your notes. When you hear the voice of God, does, does godly counsel agree? Now, write down godly counsel and then highlight, circle, however you take notes. I mean, circle, agree. Agree. Does godly counsel 
agree that there is power. There's power in agreement. Um, just so you know, we, we don't make a decision here at One Life Church on an elder team. And I'll talk about this in a minute, unless there's agreement. Amanda and I, in our marriage, we don't make important decisions unless we're in unity, in agreement. We move at the speed of, of our unity. In fact, 15, or five years ago, um, when I became your, your pastor, um, I told our elders at one of our first elder meetings, I said, listen, guys, um, we will move at the speed of unity. Um, and again, we, we keep our group as small as we must, as wide as we can, for the reason of, of unity and, and agreement. And, and we have not made a decision on vision, future direction. And I just believe this with all of my heart, unless everyone in the room at the table is in, is in agreement. This is, so, this is so important to me. Of, of unity. Why? Because I, I can't make decisions all by myself. We need good counsel, good, good wisdom. In fact, Proverbs gives us the, the test for this. The way of fools seems right to them. I'm right. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe, but the wise listen to advice. They bring other people into the conversation. Solomon continues, listen to advice and accept discipline. What that means is sometimes people are going to push back and you're not going to like it. No, listen to advice, accept pushback, accept feedback. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose prevails. And that prevails through godly counsel. One more, surely you need guidance to wage war and victory is won through many advisors. So when I, when I say as, as small as you must and as wide as you can, um, the, the, the reason why I say that is because oftentimes we'll just share stuff with a bunch of people and, and they're not godly counsel. They're not people that speak in your life. They're not people that even, that even love you. you. The reason why you're doing that is you just wanna get as many people to agree with you as possible. So if anybody disagrees, people that love you, that people that support you, that know certain things about that issue, you just want people to agree with you so you can get your way. And that is so, so dangerous. For, for us, I, the people that speak into my life, it is very small. But people who know everything about Amanda and me, they have access to everything. They love us very, very much and, and we love them. Those are the people that we allow to speak into, speak into our, our life. And we know that if they push back, if they caution things, we know where it's coming from and we respond. It's like a, a pastor friend um, said somebody in his church, they were doing a 21 days of prayer and fasting and, and a man of his church said, 21 days, I'm not gonna um, have any sweets. I'm not gonna eat out the whole 21 days of prayer and fasting. But you know, one day he was on his way into the office and he thought to himself, you know, I've been really good for so long. Um, if, if the red hot light is on at Krispy Kreme um, on my way to the office when I drive by, um, if, if that light is on, I'll just know that's God's voice and, and I need to pick it up. I won't just eat it all for me. I'll, I'll pick up donuts for the entire office. Well, he drove by the Krispy Kreme and the light was, the light was off. And you know what that guy did? He kept on driving around the block until the light got on. So he said, see, it was the Lord. It, he has spoken. This is, it is so dangerous. And that's what people do. 
The trusted advisors that I do have, the council, well, they push back. So I'm gonna go find another group of people who will tell me what I want to hear. Um, oh, it is so, so dangerous. The people in your life, the small group, does godly counsel agree? And if they don't, I think that might be God telling you to stop, to wait. Again, there's, there's four. We need all four of them. All, of our, all are important, but here's, here's the last. Write this down. The last um, test. Uh, do you have peace? Do you have peace? And this is so important because we serve a God who's not far away. In fact, our God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. That's such an incredible thing. The Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that, that power, that, that Holy Spirit lives inside of us and is guiding us, directing us, talking to us. But we also have all these other spirits. I, I kind of liken the, the cartoon of the angel in white and then the angel in red and you're hearing. Well, how, how do you know which one is? Here's the language of the Holy Spirit. It is it's peace. It's peace. In fact, it's peace that you can't even explain. The world can't give it. There's no pill. There's no medication. It's peace beyond human reasoning. And this is, I, Paul says it this way. For God is not the author of confusion. All those other voices, they're going to bring anxiety and worry, confusion, disagreement, that's what those other voices bring. But the voice of the Holy Spirit brings peace, brings peace. Many of you know the story of how Amanda and I and our family, we moved here just over five years ago. I'm not gonna tell the whole story today, but there's a part of the story that I've, I haven't shared with anybody. In fact, um, on a stage, and I shared it with our close advisors, you know, godly counsel, our elders know this story, but I, I just feel led to, to share this part of our journey to One Life Church with, with you in this message. But it was 2017 that Amanda and I both heard, beginning of the year, during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we, we both um, heard God say, like, this is the year of transition. Uh, you'll be leaving the church in Indianapolis, and I, we didn't know where we were going to go. We just knew this was the year of transition. But I also heard the word say that wherever we go, that my wife, Amanda, that she would be excited about the opportunity, and my pastor, so spiritual authority is a big thing for me, that my pastor would be, would be supportive of, of this move. I gotta be honest with you, as soon as we heard that, like we just kind of like been praying about it, asking God like for direction, clarity. And, and almost immediately opportunities began to come our way. Um, I, I thought we were on our way to Michigan. In fact, right outside of Detroit, Michigan, a little town called Canton, larger church. It was close to the University of Michigan. I'm like, this has gotta be it. And as we went through the process in the interview, um, Amanda was not excited and my pastor was not supportive. Closed that door. 
a church in Missouri, a really large church reached out and we went through the entire process and their, their structure's a little bit different than ours. We didn't have to get a church vote. Um, the elders just had to appoint you to become the new lead pastor and they offered us the job, the, the role, and we were about to go there and kind of close the deal and both Amanda was not excited about the opportunity and my pastor was not, was not supportive the door was closed. Through that process, somehow, some way, our connection with Trinity Church at that time, One Life Church, happened. And I can remember like yesterday, the first time I had a conversation with the consultant and the search team, there's a three-hour time change. And you know, Amanda would always, always go to bed early. She would just say, hey, let me know if anything comes of it. And we spent a couple hours on the Zoom call and I closed my laptop. I was sitting at our dining room table and I'm walking up the stairs in our home in Indiana and Amanda is sitting on the landing area and she says, so what, what do you think? Can I be completely honest with you? Um, in that moment, I looked at her and I said, oh, absolutely not. Like we are not going there. That, that is, that's like, let's, let's go back to Missouri, right? <laughs> My, like, that's, that's where we should be going. That, no, we're not, we're not going, we're not going there. And Amanda said, um, I, I think God might be saying something different. And as a husband and kind of like what the word I've already received from the, the Lord, I'm like, all right, all right, God, like you, you might be doing something different here. I'm, I'm open to what, what you would have. And we went through the process and all the applications and all the th certain things. And it just seemed like God was aligning our paths for Mesa, Mesa Arizona. We came and we visited um, the church, interviewed with the team on Memorial Day in 2017. And I gotta be honest with you, um, interview went fine, but something happened in, inside of me where I'm like, okay, I think, I think this is from God. I think that you know, whether, whether One Life Church hires us or not, I can see myself living in Arizona. Maybe God has just opened this door for us to come here and plant a church. And we were open to whatever that would look like. And, one thing after the other, the search team reached out and said, we, we want to represent or ask you to become the candidate to be the lead pastor. So we go back to Indiana and it was almost as if a shift happened with Amanda and me where I started dreaming of what could happen. Amanda started having doubts and anxiety and worry of, of what was happening. I mean, think about it. We, we were moving from our home. Our kids were little, um, our support system. Like we, we, we built a really nice life in Indianapolis and all of that was about to be turned over. And Amanda started struggling with worry and doubt and anxiety. And we had a great small group. So when I tell you like get in a group, get in a group, get in a group, I'm not telling you anything that I don't firmly believe in what's needed in my life. And we decided, and this was always a risk for a pastor to kind of open up to their small group of like, hey, we sense that God might be calling us someplace else. Not because we don't love you, but we just sense that there's a new direction, new leading. And that night in our small group, Amanda opened up and shared and like really bore her heart out to the group of, this is the worry, these are the anxieties, these are all the things that I'm feeling. And we cried together and we laughed and... There's a lady in our group, her name is Impala. She's from, she's from Africa. And in that moment, she just said, no, no we, we must pray. 
So we got together and we're in the middle of our living room and our small group, there's eight couples and a few single people in our group. And, and they just started praying for Amanda and me. And you know, different people would take turns and they came to empower her. She was gonna close out the evening in prayer. And halfway through her prayer, Empower, she started praying in what I believe was, was her native language, her African tribal language. Now that wouldn't have been on normal. She would do that from time to time. It was a beautiful moment. And said amen, people left our house. About an hour later, Amanda and I are crawling into bed and I said, hon, what, what, what did you think about um, the small group? She's like, oh my goodness, that, it was amazing. I'm so grateful for these people. I love them so much. I'm like, no, no, no. What did you think about like Empower's prayer over you? So yeah, it was amazing. Like I think I, I, I said, no, 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 no. Like, like that moment when she started praying in another language over you, what'd you think about that? And Amanda looked at me and I, I still get emotional every time I think about this. And she said, Jared, I have no idea what you're talking about. I heard every word that woman said and prayed, and it was literally if God was speaking directly to me. All of the fear, all of the anxiety has melted away. And in that moment, on that Sunday night in 2017, Amanda has had this peace about Arizona, about One Life Church that can't be explained. God met her in that moment. It wasn't a voice of confusion or anxiety. It was the voice of peace. In fact, Paul talks about this in Philippians. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, like pray first about it, bring God into it in petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And when you do that, that this peace of God, you can't really explain, you can't even like reason it with anybody else. Like it transcends all human understanding and it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And One Life Church, that's what I want for you is that you would hear the voice of God. And even when he calls you to do some things that totally out of your comfort zone, and he calls you places you never saw yourself, that you wouldn't have worry and anxiety, but you would experience this, this peace. It's the litmus test. We serve a speaking God. Are you listening? In fact, at the end of your notes, there's a small little blank and it just says frequent frequency. Because I believe that God is frequently talking to us and we have to align ourselves to hear it. So here's how I close this series. Write it in your notes real fast, but this is what we've been talking about. If we're gonna experience all of this, number one, you have to tune into God every single day. That's why the 21 days of prayer, like hopefully through this, you're building a discipline, a, a, a habit in your life that will last where every single day you're, turn, you're tuning into God. God is speaking, tune into him. Second, you, you gotta tune out the things that oppose God. I am not your Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about things in your life that got to go. They are standing in the way of him using you, speaking to you. 
Tune out those things that oppose God. And when he speaks to you, I'm asking all of us to take steps toward what he's spoken. Take steps. Yes, God, in advance, I say yes. I hold nothing back. Whatever, wherever, however, God, yes. And I will take steps to what you're asking me to do. Our God is speaking. Are we listening? Come on, so right where you are, all over the room, university campus, east campus, online, would you bow your heads, close your eyes, turn off every distraction. God is speaking to us in this moment. And some of you today, God is speaking to you so clearly and you've been tuning him out. You've been going your own way. You've been keeping him at a distance. But today, you know you need to begin a real relationship with him. He loves you. He's for you. Some of you, that's exactly what you, like surrender your whole life to him right now. If that's you, put this prayer in your own words, mean it in your heart. Say, today, God, I, I surrender my life fully to you. I'm sorry for going my own way, for keeping you at a distance. But today, as simply as I know how, I give my entire life to you. Tell them that. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin, paying a price that I could never pay. I receive your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy. Come live inside me. Tell them that. Come live inside of me. Change me. Make me the person you long for me to be. With your heads bowed and your eyes still closed, there's some of you in the room today. And maybe it's just some area of your life. Maybe it's godly counsel. Maybe this is the year you need to get into a group and allow other people to speak into your life. Maybe it's just tuning out some of the things of the world that's not making you pure. It's not making you peace-loving. It's not making you more like Jesus. Others of you, it's returning to the word of God. Not having to compromise, but just believing the Bible. I'm telling you, you'll experience peace. 2023. You're gonna make some big decisions. I wonder today if you would commit to putting it through this filter. So Holy Spirit, you, you see the hearts of your people today. All of us are gonna take steps to follow you. So when you speak, we say yes. And my prayer is that the people of God that will apply the word of God to our life and will be changed in Jesus' name.